0: The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chest.
1: Well, it's the Minnesota Wild getting out of Rogers place with a 4-2 victory over your Edmonton Oilers tonight. So the Oilers' record slips to 33-19-2. They miss out on a chance to tie Vegas for second in the Pacific Division and a big win for the Minnesota Wild as they continue to push for a wild-card spot and they move two points closer to that cut line. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you're having a good Friday night. Game 2 of the Oilers 5 game homestand 0-1-1 so far. They'll try to get in the win column against the Calgary Flames tomorrow night at 8. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well Rob, a lot of times you know, the, the end of the game or the last part of a game gets focused on and it was important because with the score tied 1-1 going into the third Minnesota outscored the Oilers 3-1 in the third period having said that the Oilers played great in the third which we'll talk about I, I I just look back on about the first 25 even 30 minutes of this game when the Oilers really didn't do much they were sleepy out of the gate and, and to me that has as big an impact on the final result as, as what happened in the third
2: well I, I think it does too uh, they allowed the Minnesota Wild to hang around the Minnesota Wild what is it, 10 goals or something along that line they gave up in the last two games? or thir- No, 13 goals they've given up in the last two games. They haven't been playing good defensively, uh, yet the Oilers didn't push in the first 30 minutes. There was uh, very little emotion, uh, a little bit, very little intensity. There was no pushing and shoving. The Oilers didn't get anything going on the forecheck. Now, the Oilers weren't playing poorly. They just weren't really creating anything, and they just allowed the Minnesota Wild to hang out in the, ho- in the hockey game. So when they go into the third period 1-1, the Minnesota Wild do have some pretty good players, and their first line was excellent this game. Uh, Boldy, Eriksson, and Kaprizov, they had a fantastic hockey game. So when it's a 1-1 game, you go into the third, they got the stops, and their star players got the goals. So, yes, I, the Oilers in the past have taken advantage of teams early and, and built leads, and the team has lost their will. Well, tonight, the Minnesota Wild h- hung around because... the. Oilers played with a little, very little emotion, and then the third period was a crapshoot. The Oilers were the better team in the third period, but the Minnesota Wild took advantage of their opportunities.
1: Six minutes into the third period, the Oilers were out shooting the Wild 8-0. And then with, uh, I I noted the shots just shortly after Boldy made it 3-1. The Oilers were out shooting Minnesota 10-4 in the third which means the Oilers got 14 shots in the last seven minutes of of the third period. One of them went in by Zach Hyman. But, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, You know, the the Oilers put themselves in a situation where they needed. I mean, they weren't behind going into the third, but eventually they fell behind. As you often say, you kind of need things. If you get down by two early, you got time. If you're down by two in the third, (laughs) you need everything almost perfect uh, to go your way, and it didn't.
2: It it didn't. Uh, Well, the Oilers needed another power play. The power play was very good tonight. It was even strength. They weren't able to to execute and, and create, uh, they ran into a good goaltender. Usually, good goaltending and specialty teams. Whoever wins those win the game. Well, tonight it was a saw, and the good goaltending beat the good specialty teams. But at the end of the night, the the best players on the Minnesota Wild came through when they had to. Uh, they there weren't. They had limited opportunities, but when they got their opportunity, it was in the back of the net. Uh, not nothing against Picard in this game but Gustafson was the better of the goalies and when a big save was needed, the Minnesota Wild got that big save and the Oilers did not.
1: Yeah, Pickard has his personal six game winning streak comes to an end. He stopped 16 out of 19 and yeah, Gustafson winds up with 41 saves 23 of them in the third period alone. So 4-2 Minnesota gets the win over the Oilers Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row Call 780 250 HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch.
3: Bucks that either at the posts or kind of trickled wide or they were laying around the goal crease. Um, you know, sometimes those go in, some nights they don't. And tonight, uh, I think we're unfortunate in that area.
4: Whether it was uh, some second periods before, Connor said tonight, that's as flat a first as he had in quite a while. They seem to be chasing the 60-minute effort. What are you kind of
3: seeing in that chase from your group to find more consistency, for more of the night? Yeah, I think overall it was probably 40 out of the 60, but also, you know, the first half of the game we had um, four four kills. You know, it takes a lot of um, the rhythm out of our game. Uh, especially when our best players aren't on the ice for the penalty kill. It makes it tougher for them to play and for our team just to get things going. When you're looking for momentum swings, you know, McDavid can go do his thing in the offensive zone and stuff, but would it be fair to say you need more guys figuring out ways to
4: shift momentum, whether it's the hitters hitting, whether it's like more guys taking some ownership and trying to swing the game back the other way?
3: you want, you know, adding Corey definitely has done that, whether he's been getting in a fight or a scrum or scoring a key goal. You would like a little more offense from the, um, you know, throughout your lineup. I think, um, you know, your, your top two lines, because they are, can't produce every single night. Well, they did tonight, just on the power play, but five on five, yeah, we would like a little more contributions from everybody, but, you know, as long as they're Pushing the pace and putting more time in the offensive zone, usually things work out. Um, and overall, I thought their play was positive. Chris, your penalty kill tonight back to the level you want. What did you see different tonight that hasn't been there the last few games? I thought our well, one thing with the penalty kill is less time you spent in the defensive zone, the better. And I think uh, a couple things that we did really well was on the um, you know, our stands of the blue line on the entries. I thought it was a pretty good job forcing them to dump the puck in. And then um, the clears. Uh, you know, probably every clear or every time we had an opportunity to get the puck on our sticks, we got the puck down, and that that's a huge difference. And tonight I thought our puck play, the confidence was there. You look in the third period and, you know, you shot them 24-6, and they ended up scoring three goals. Um, do you need a, Did you need a key save in the third at times? Just trying to think of the goals, and you know, the second one's pretty tough. Goes east, west, and then back. That you know, that's tough. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate for a goaltender to say you let this many goals on this shots. To say we need more you. I just think um, it's unfortunate. Just like. You look at our, uh, not being able to score goals tonight. I think that was unfortunate. So, you know, I put nothing on the goaltender. Usually, if I say that we need a key save, it's. I'm suggesting that he could have played better, and I, I don't think that at all. You mentioned Corey Perry. Did he get kind of left on the bench tonight because he's not on the first power play and he had killed four penalties? And he's playing five minutes through 40 minutes, and you're probably looking down and says, I got to get him on the ice more than this. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need him. You know, it's very important. You know, the more offense zone face-offs, that's something that he's good at and try and put him in that role. But, uh, yeah, with the special teams, and, um, yeah, he needs to play more than he did, especially when we're looking to score
4: a goal. Thank you. So, So, I mean, four wins in the last nine games, is that just part of the ebbs and flows of a season, or are you a little concerned that some issues are creeping back into the game that were there earlier on this season? Not at all. If you look at the um, expected wins, um,
3: many of those games we should have won. Um, You know, whether it's luck, or playing a good goaltender, or or maybe just us not playing well. Um, Obviously, the penalty kill had a little bit to do with that. But um, I'm not a concern at all.
1: Thank you. there's head coach Chris Knobloch after a 4-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, yeah, 4-4-1 in their last nine. I don't know if he had ma- any major concerns if he's going to come out and, and voice <laughs> no, them, given no. where the theres <laughs> are uh, right now. And after a game in which, you know, you played you well. He did outplay them, especially yeah. in the last half of the game. And uh, I liked how he phrased the goal. I mean, Pickard's stats don't look good. 16 on 19 shots. He had one his previous six, and Knobloch said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to start saying we needed a save, because that makes it sound like he leave it in yeah. a bad one.
2: Hey, I mean, uh, Gustafson was better. That doesn't mean Pickard was bad. It just means Gustafson had a, a fantastic game. I, no, the, the only the others were better in this game, and deserved a better fate, and if if these two teams played this exact same game 10 times in a row, the Oilers are probably going to win 70% of those games. But every once in a while, you get beat by a goaltender. Saying that, this is now nine straight games, the Oilers are giving up three-plus goals. And when the Oilers were successful, when they weren't finding the back of the net, and there was a lot of games in this, during that stretch, so they were, they, the Oilers were held way below what they were expected to score, but they found a way to win 3-2, or they found a way to win 2-1. They're not finding that right now. Right now they're they're losing uh, four three or, or five four or something along those lines. They're just they're giving up more than they, they were. And it's forcing them to score more. And now you're putting pressure on your goal scorers. Okay, we have to score five tonight. We have to score four tonight. So on this, in this last nine games, the Oilers would have needed to score four goals in every game to yeah.
1: win. Well, they're giving up exactly four goals a game.
2: Is that what it's four goals a game right yeah, now?
1: Yeah, because it was 30, just to check in my notes, it said, yeah, it was 32 goals over the previous eight games. Yeah, So yeah. So now it's 36 so, and nine.
2: So you're forced, uh, you need five goals to win, and that's just too much. So the Oilers, again, did not play a bad game, but there were some big mistakes and again, this and throw in there was another goal scored in this game. It was a, a couple of inches offside, but that was poor defensive yeah. coverage. So that's another goal that was scored. So the Oilers played well, but when they were playing well before, and the goalie played well against them, they found ways to win. Right now, they're just uh, yeah. I, I, they just I think they need well, to be better defensively.
1: Well, and again, to me, it was just I'll go back. This it was just such a. a, a well, all sleepy it was a sleepy first period well, isn't that it was,
2: was the it wasn't connor mcdavid said in it but they just threw out to knob connor said it was yeah. as quiet we'll a first period. yeah for but sure. yeah so and it was hey we're sitting up there like there was a, nary a body hit yep. or a body check in the first 20 minutes there was no emotion there was no nothing after the whistles uh it was just the others uh, slowly made their way into the game but again when you do that you allow teams to hang around, and what happens is sometimes they capitalize and you can't score in the 20 minutes. So you put your best 20 minutes forward, but they allowed the Wild to be there because in the first 20 minutes, first 30 minutes, they weren't. They're just okay. They were like vanilla milk or vanilla. Just, eh, I like vanilla. There's better yeah, things out there. that good. <laughs> That's true because I really like vanilla, so they weren't that good.
1: Uh, and odd were two areas that we've been critical of the orders for they actually were good in tonight. They won the second period, yep. won nothing, <laughs> which is good. And they killed off all four penalties. short-handed times, uh, all you know, four penalties that they took, and quite efficiently, I thought. So they they fixed that, but couldn't turn it into a win.
2: And I like how Knobloch said it, and it it's true. It, the best way to kill a penalty is not be in your own zone. And the Oilers did a very good job of stacking the line. And the, the Wild came up with speed, and they kept trying to make passes at the blue line that the Oilers kept picking off or slowing down the puck carry and creating an offside. And the most important thing, and we've seen this, when the Oilers have been on the power play, when the penalty killers on the opposition get the puck and don't ice it, they don't get it out, that usually spells trouble for them because the Oilers usually capitalize. Well, tonight, every time the Edmonton Oilers had the puck, and Oblock talked about it, had the puck on their stick and had a chance to get it out, it went the length of the ice. Yep. And that is frustrating for a power play. If every time you get it, five seconds, it's down again, and now you got to try and set up again. So a very good job by the penalty killers tonight.
1: So Minnesota 0 for 4 on the power play. The Oilers were 2 for 2 on theirs. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online line at ConlonMotorsports.ca. I'm just keeping an eye here I don't have the video going I've just got the live stats page the uh, U of A Golden Bears at UBC tonight in game one of a best of three Canada West semifinal Bears have scored thrice in the third period they lead UBC 4-1 so the winner of that series advances to the Canada West Championship Series which will be hosted by Calgary they have finished off Mount Royal uh, but I mean, it's great to win your league, but if you get past this stage, you got a spot in the national tournament. So the Bears trying to get the upset there on the road against UBC. Looking good tonight, 4-1 with now two and a half minutes left. Okay, you can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. We have Dale on the line as the Wild have beaten the Oilers 4-2. Dale, thanks for calling. Go
4: ahead. Hey, how are you doing? Pretty good. Kevin, yeah, well, I think it is Campbell's the best goalie, but your cap's stuck, what do you do? Sorry, can you say that again? Campbell's the best goalie in the organization, but you can't him up because your cap's stuck. What do you do?
2: Well, I don't think that Campbell is the best goalie in the organization, and I don't think anyone in the organization thinks as either. I think that they believe Skinner's their best goalie. I'm sure they would love to see Campbell as their backup, but they can't do that without losing Calvin Pickard i think you will see campbell up here at playoff time but i don't know if you'll see him before that unless there's an injury because of salary cap but uh, campbell's not the best goaltender in the organization stuart skinner is yeah
1: i think and bob and i were talking about this on his show uh, i can't remember if it was yesterday or earlier in the week but two months ago because look i thought i thought oh Campbell will be back you know he'll he'll be back mm-hmm. And would Pickard get claimed? Well, probably not. Well, now Pickard might get claimed. Yep,
2: and it's you so, can't afford that to it, happen right. because in case it doesn't work out with Campbell coming back, right? now you're in a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, now, I mean, Campbell still counts for 3.85 against the cap, even in the minors, but then if he comes up, it's it's the full amount, which is... Five million, isn't it? Yeah, so you, you don't really have a lot of room to, to fit anybody in like that. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they... Well, I don't know if Dale was saying that. Maybe that was a hypothetical. But unfortunately, the way Campbell has played, I don't know how anybody could argue that he's the best goalie in the organization. <laughs>
2: there's many that I mean, think he, was, he's he was supposed to be when supposed he was signed. To be, and there's many that believe he's the fourth best now. So I, I hope he continues to play well down in the minors. And who knows? Maybe at some be point be through injury games, or yeah. playoffs, he may get back in. But I cannot see them sending. Pickard down. Teams need and want, desperately want, third goaltenders for playoff runs. Kelvin Pickard, who has gone, had a fantastic run here for the Oilers, I do believe someone would pick him up. And all of a sudden you're gambling that Campbell has found his game.
1: Campbell did make 28 saves tonight as Bakersfield beat Tucson 3-2. The Oil Kings knocked off Lethbridge. Two one as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. A couple of games in the NHL. The Jets beat Chicago 3-2 in overtime. Kyle Connor got the winner. Ehlers had the other two goals for the Jets, and the Sabres won 2-1 over the Blue Jackets. Uh, and again, U of A up 4-1 on UBC now with 45 seconds left in the third period. Okay, uh, Kellen, do we have the McDavid stuff ready? Okay, perfect. Back down to the Oilers' room. Here's Connor McDavid. Game
5: from their perspective. Uh, I thought it was a weird one. I thought it was as flat a first period as we've had. Um, and, you know, Credit to us for getting ourselves going there in the second. I thought uh, we were able to generate a little bit of our own momentum. Um, I thought the PK helped with that. Um, and I thought our best period was our third period, and we found a way to, to give up three there. So, um, you know, I thought... Uh, yeah, we were able to build a game
0: and give ourselves a chance and just didn't come through. Matias talked about how when you guys were winning, you were just doing a good job of not giving up the goal. Mm-hmm. What, what did you see in that third as far as you mentioned? You were, the puck was in their zone a lot, but yeah. when it was in yours, it was in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
5: I mean, the second one, um, the first one in the, in the third period there, a um, little bit crossed up in the D-zone, and the guy shoots it, um, goes in the net. Um, Third one just kind of owes on off coverage. And, you know, they make a good play. They got good players. And especially those three, that top line was real good. And, um, yeah, they made more plays than we did, I guess. You guys are searching for
6: kind of that complete like game, you know, whether it's in the second periods or tonight the first or whatever. Hmm. What
5: do you think? Uh, if you had the answer, I know you do have, but what do you think yeah. of that, Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just being focused and ready. Um, you know, for three hours, um, you know, and, and and not having any lulls, um, you know, it takes a lot of concentration, it takes a lot of focus. But you know, we're paid to do that. So um, our group has just had little lulls, whether it's the start or in the second. Um, you know, um, and those can't happen. Obviously, we want to be if you want to be a good team, you got to play all three periods, and um, we haven't done that. Um, what they do?
4: Yeah, lots of games like your first. Forty games. You guys had a lighter schedule. Now it's getting heavy. Mm. Lots of games. Mm. Uh, does that have any effect on the fact that you're, say, So two-period hockey you've been playing for a couple weeks here?
5: Um, no, I don't think so. I thought uh, we showed that we had good legs. I thought you know, maybe that was an issue in the first period. I thought we were a little flat, but. Um I thought we built the game there in the second period. It starts with the, you know some great penalty killing, and I think it gave our group energy, and um, we were able to kind of build the game. And then in the third period, I thought we were we were flying around. So um, I think we got good legs. Um, I like playing more games. I think uh, guys get into a good rhythm, good routine. Um, you know, kind of those stops and starts can, uh, and you know, in schedule can, you know, the rest is nice. But sometimes um, you know you can lose your game there um obviously as we saw since since coming back from the break hasn't been hasn't been the same so um i'm looking forward to uh playing some consistent hockey thank
1: you thank you you. all right quick comment there from Connor mcdavid who does get a a couple of more assists tonight to also get settled with a a minus four nobody on the other has got a plus because they had power play goals so big david with 16 assists in his last 6 games I set the line at 2.5 for River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement bet on it how many assists would he have so it's under, Kim took the under gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card, uh, what did he say a bit of a weird game but certainly as he talked about, uh, an uninspired first period for the Oilers
2: yeah he he called it flat Yeah, he's right and they did get better as the game went on but Tie game going into the third. You got to remember the Minnesota Wild do have some pretty good players, and their first line was excellent. I know that the kid that scored two goals tonight, Matt Baldy, Boldy, You and I have been a fan of him for a number of years, and tonight you sh- they, he showed that if you give him a little bit of room, he can put the puck in the back of the net. So uh, the Oilers' poor start, or or not even poor, just uninspired start, uh, forced forced a game where they needed to play catch up later in the game
1: that's a good and it's interesting rob there's a difference between low event hockey and an uninspired hockey you know because and i I don't even know if the wild were that great in the first period either but But they they had a couple more grade a chances i i I, I think
2: i think it works better for the wild being a a low emotion game they're a small team Uh, this the wild team used to be big and mean and physical and when the oilers played them like they knew by the end of the they the wild just tried to wear you down. The Wild have nine guys six feet or under in this team. I don't I don't recall a Wild player throwing a hit in this game. They wanted a, a low event, very boring, low emotion type hockey game because that plays into their strength. Uh, and then their their first line just when they were out there they pushed and they created. And they had the chances. And then the other three lines tried to survive. And with the, the the fantastic goaltending from Gustafson, the other three lines were able to survive. And the Wild were able to get the two points.
1: So Boldy is named the first star tonight. Dry Dreisaitl, the second star. Gustafson, the third star. Rob and I give it a fourth star for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, I'll give it to Hyman. if He gets his... 35th of the season?
2: From about six inches out, where he hangs out all the time?
1: <laughs> How many shots did he have? Two shots on goal. McDavid, every Oiler had a shot on goal, except for Derek Ryan, who played just 5.06 tonight, but won seven out of 8 faceoffs. face-offs. Well, so De- Ryan played 5.06, minute 51 was short
2: Yeah, he only played three minutes. Tonight, this was a, a, a top-heavy game for the Oilers. They have one, two... Three four forwards all under ten minutes tonight so yeah. this was and one Perry
1: only got to nine which knoblock was asked about I, I like I would' have liked to see more of Perry well, so he got a lot I was I like
2: was it. shocked that he was put on the fourth line to start the game and it was the fourth line that got the, the fewest minutes in this hockey game Derek Ryan uh, he was fortunate there' was four penalties in the game because that was his ice time and big face offs and the one thing that Derek Ryan did it's hard sometimes you sit on the bench for long stretches. To keep your focus because when you go out there face-offs very very important Derek Ryan was excellent in that tonight
1: all right Minnesota wins it 4-2 over your Edmonton Oilers uh, they lose back-to-back games for the first time since December now uh, that was two regulation losses so it's it's uh, still not two regulation losses in a, in a row they no, I- get a point against Boston it's still but it's interesting it, there's three ways to look at it. They're four, four, and one since a 16-game winning streak, which means they're still 24 and one in their last 25 yeah. games. But yeah, not playing as well. But you, you see, and both Drysdale and Hyman talked about it on, in pregame interviews today after the. Over the, the, the it was an optional skate, so some guys just, the guys who play more did a meeting and then mm-hmm. and then went. But they said it's just consistency. and I think that's it. This for the most part. The St. Louis game was pretty bad, but yep. the, the Oilers aren't getting hemmed in for 60 minutes or, or losing 50 of the 60 minutes. They're they're losing parts of the game by a wider margin than they were before.
2: Well, to me, for, well, first of all, I'll go with the, the losing back to back. In the standings, it looks like you got a tie and a, and a loss. In the dressing room, you know it's a loss and a loss, and that's how you feel. As for the team, it, they're playing well, but they're. Play, I think it's still a li- little loose. Right. At times, and, the, and again, they're giving up three, four goals every single game. Uh, this is this is what we've seen in the past with the others, and when Knobloch first came in, all of a sudden, it's two goals against every night. And occasionally, you're going to have those nights where the opposition finds the back of the net, but this is nine straight since the All-Star game. So for me, that's the thing they have to clean up because there are going to be nights like tonight where you run into a goalie that's outstanding and you, you only score two of them. Okay, well, tonight we're going to have to win yeah. three, two in overtime, yeah. or we're going to have or, to win two. Or we're going to get a
1: point, or get a point. It, yeah. But
2: but this when you're giving up four, and you're giving up three, and you're giving up five, and you're giving up six, uh, that's not the style of game that Chris Knobloch was preaching, and that's not the style of game that won them 16 straight. All right,
1: 780-496-0063. We have Dustin on the line. Dustin, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
4: Thanks fellas, Uh, yeah I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Drysaddle, a huge fan of Drysaddle. I just want to talk about leadership. Um, He scored a huge goal today and uh, he was still cranky. (laughs) Um, He still had that frown on his face when we went to the assistant coach and um, his reaction to that goal kind of disappointed me a little bit and uh i just kind of wanted you guys a thoughts and then i wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the interview with louis debrusque and jake Debrusk. it's time to bring that kid home um <laughs> I, I want to see him i whatever whatever we got to do i know broberg's available and and uh, bring jake home thoughts
1: i don't know if he's coming here we'll we'll see about that uh as for dry saddle I, I mean we've got it calls from him ever since he was uh, a rookie. Like, first, he couldn't skate, and then he was never going to score. Then he was lazy. I, 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 just think, honestly, and we've seen Leon celebrate. Some I remember that goalie scored in Winnipeg early yeah. this year when they. See, I, I just think that's Leon.
2: Sometimes he's. I didn't know. I didn't notice a lack of celebration on this one.
1: I think it was normal. Like I he, thought, yeah. Everybody came in. They kind of did I have their heard, pats and stuff.
2: I have heard from a couple texts that I got that he was quite cranky on the bench. Yeah. Well, I they showed I, something here on the TV. I well, I know that he was livid at a referee, uh, and he, was, he got hauled down. The ref didn't make the call. He changed, and he spent a good 25 seconds letting the referee know what he thought. And then at the start of the next period, he skated up, and he apologized and talked to the referee and gave him a pat, more or less saying, you know what? motions got the best to me but I I didn't I mean he's an emotional player we've always seen that having said that in this game he, he had a pretty good game had a golden an assist Created a number of chances um you I mean you get the good with the bad and the bad with the good but mostly when you get on you know, dry settle it's good yeah as for uh Jake Tabreska, I like Jake a nice kid good hockey player I I don't know if the Boston Bruins want to move on from him. Played very well the other night. Well, for the let's Bruins. face
1: it. I, I think that my view is that the coaching change helped Jake Debross. One hundred percent. Cassidy did, did not him, like him. Did not, no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, this year he's got thirteen goals, twenty-seven points, so he's probably going to be about a twenty-twenty guy. Yeah. By the by, by the end of the year, I, I don't know if that's uh, if that's happening. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Like I, I, I like again with the Leon stuff. I. I don't... I, I, I accept that different players are going to have different personalities. Mm-hmm. I always go back to when the Oilers were terrible. Well, they'd give up a goal, and Justin Schultz would skate to the bench like nothing happened. Taylor Hall would would skate to the bench and, and slam the door or throw his water bottle and spray Dallas Aikens with it. With Luke, <laughs> Luke told a great story about yeah. that a little while ago. Um, so we get calls about both. Well, in in the moment, you know, if you react the way you react, okay, but... But you know you got to put it away after a few seconds. I mean, I just think you got to let people be themselves.
2: Yeah. Well, it it, it's hard because when you're frustrated, it's not like you have a a quiet room to go in the back and scream and then get it all out and then come back out here. It's an emotional game, and uh, he's talked about sometimes his body language is not what he wants it to be. Um, But to me. I like Leon Draisaitl on my team better than going against him, and uh, I thought he had a pretty good game. I thought he actually had a very good game tonight. So uh, hopefully, we'll see more of those going forward. Uh, July 1st will be a big, a big day for Edmonton Oilers fans and the Edmonton Oilers organization, because that's the first day they're allowed to re-sign him. And I'm hoping that it's a day that they have an announcement. I'm also going to say this, and and, and I, I, you know, Dustin's question was
1: totally fair. And I totally accept some some fans don't don't want anything that looks emotional or angry. Well, I, I get that. I, yeah. I accept that. You know, for me as a viewer, I accept sometimes a player might look mad. I get the argument uh, that some specters might say, I, I don't ever want a, a player on my team to look like he's cranky or throwing a tantrum. I get that. That's a difference of opinion. But I, I also want to say this, that there are some players in the league who are on camera all the time. Yes. And for the Oilers, Leon and Connor would be two of them. Yes. They were, I, I w- maybe we'll have to ask John about this tomorrow. I would guess there is always a camera on Connor McDavid. There is probably, a, e- even if he's sitting on the bench, even if there was five minutes left in the third period of a 6-1 game that oh. the Oilers were winning and he wasn't going to get another shift, that there would be a camera on him. The, well, remember when Derek Ryan scored in the shootout?
2: Yep. Who was the camera on on the bench? <laughs> was Connor that? McDavid. Yes. Well, and they're, they're doing it, and a lot of times they're doing it to see if they're losing. They go right to, It's like I used to hate when all of a sudden the, a goal a goal will get scored and they go right to the backup goalie on the bench, like looking for his reaction. Like So to me, uh, talking to the players, and I don't talk to them very often, They Leon settled is high on the list of all the players on that team. Uh, sometimes he's a little loud maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But he is a big part of this organization and a big yeah, reason. But my point is if
1: Brett Kulak... It was I'm not saying this has happened, but if you use him as an example, if he was mad and broke his stick on the bench, it, there they may might not, not be have a camera that. on. That would be the well, wide it was, one, right? It was
2: like golf, where Tiger Woods is on it all the time. Right? You, you would see him eat a sandwich. You saw him when he go to the to yeah. the po- porta potties because they always right. had a camera. on Well, and
1: he got he got fined by the PGA a few times for, for, for
2: profanity. Yes. Well, and he's like think, all you of his. You this. think he was
1: the only guy? No. Like But every shot of his was televised. Yes.
2: So uh, frustration comes in. I, I like seeing a player who's frustrated because it means he cares.
1: Well, and usually uh – I mean, this is an interesting discussion. I think sometimes if I see Leon frustrated, I think, "Oh, here he comes." I know he's going <laughs> to someone's right. going to
2: pay a price next next shift.
1: And is he at the point where he's going to celebrate every goal? I mean, oh, it was, was it saying, was one one halfway through the second period. How excited is he going to get? I guess would be the my, thing is, I my counter to that. See,
2: I, I might have to watch it again because I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary when he said. Well, th- to me, it was
1: a fairly normal celebration. Yeah, so do I. That's he like, scored. The guys came around him. Yeah, so he okay, had a guys, smile good, say, yeah, Let's get go. going here.
2: Yeah, I didn't really notice anything. So I'll watch it again to see, but I... I didn't. I mean, I'm sure the entire team is right now is frustrated in the dressing room. That's back-to-back losses, and on a game tonight where they dominated the third period, as Connor yeah. said, we dominated and gave up. But found they, a way to give up three. They still know they left
1: half the game on the table and yes. not really playing that well. So, yeah, no, good. Thanks uh, for uh, Dustin for throwing out that discussion point. But uh, frustration or not, the uh, well, they are frustrated. But crankiness or not, I guess uh, the Oilers lose four-two to the Minnesota Wild. Seven-eight-zero-four-nine-six-zero-zero-six-three is the certainty hotline. You're going to hear from a TSX home as well. This is Heartland. Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty, chance off the end boards on the right to Duhame. Duhame through the middle, tipped on net. Oh, great save by Pickard, and that puck back to the left wing
1: point. Calvin Pickard, save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. However, Pickard takes the loss. His personal six-game winning streak comes to an end as Matthew Boldy scores twice. Minnesota beating the Oilers 4-2. Gustafson for the Wild. 41 saves, including 23 in the third period. The Oilers outshot Minnesota 24-6. In the third. So Minnesota had half their shots go in in the third. <laughs> Two on Pickard and one into the empty net, which, by the way, the empty net. What a
2: shot. It, was he not on his knees when he was firing that down?
1: I think he might have been or just getting – he was kind of along the board, so I didn't have a full view, but uh, he, I didn't think he was going to make it. I thought they were going to score on the earlier one.
2: Right, so did I. When, I think that was – When David
1: lost it at the blue line.
2: Yeah, I think it was Johansson had that one, and he shot it wide. But give credit to the winger on that one that raced down and negated the icing. But on the, I remember, I'm, I'm a fan of shooting for empty nets. I don't care. I know that people say, well, no, just get it out. It gives a face off if you miss. I saw Rick Talkett do it on one of the American TV shows before he was coach of the Canucks. He said, these guys are so talented that he tells his players, you have a chance to shoot on an empty net? Shoot. We don't care if it's an icing because right. we trust that more times than not, you'll hit that open net. And if you do, the game is over. And tonight puck goes in the net the game is over
1: 4-2 Minnesota takes it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game we activate the Japanese village goal light on 630 ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese village now open for lunch Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall an afternoon celebration for the census. visit jvedmonton.ca we have Frank on the certainty hotline Frank go ahead please
4: hey guys enjoying your uh, commentary tonight Uh The Wild have had Hidmontons number for a number of years. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing or if it's a psych job or you name it. But actually, maybe what we should be doing is sending them a thank you letter because it could serve as a wake-up call going into the playoffs. I've heard you say it many times, it doesn't matter how good the season is if you can't win in the playoffs. And a team like the Wild could easily take a team... Well, we saw them do it against Vancouver, and now we've seen them do it against the Oilers. Uh, they play a very, very good structured game that can take any team out at any time. And I guess we have forgotten, like you guys have said, that uh, defense were what got them through that 16-game uh, winning streak. And uh, when you forget that... And uh, you have a tough time putting the puck in the net, hitting posts, whatever. This is the result. So maybe it's a good wake-up call. I don't know what you guys think. Well, you're
1: right. Minnesota has had Edmonton's number. That's 10 of the last 12. Minnesota's
2: one. But this is a completely it's different a team. There's been different coach, different team goes back almost five years, yeah. so it was
1: interesting. A lot of turnover on both teams. I but. mean,
2: the Minnesota Wild used to be they were very, very boring to play against, but they were big and they were physical and they would get pucks in deep and they just tried to run you through the boards and, and just wear you down. This is a completely different team. This is a small team, very small team that just tried to use their speed. For the most part, the Oilers took care of that. Were, there was one line that created damage. They scored all their goals uh the first line and very talented after that i thought the others uh, were the better team and b- the better team by quite a bit they just ran into a good goalie and when the oilers made a mistake they made a mistake and the puck just happened to be on the best players of the minnesota wild stick and boldy walked in twice time to shoot put it in the back of the net Brodeen walks in all the time in the world to shoot puts it in the back of the net those are plays that their better players had time and space and they found a way to put the puck in. So the Oilers defensively need to be better going forward. It's been a a struggle since the All-Star break, but LA's struggling, Vegas is struggling, Vancouver's struggling, Dallas is struggling. All the better teams in the National Hockey League right now in the Western Conference have hit a bit of a, a slow spell and allowing, actually, a lot of these other teams to have belief that they can still make the playoffs.
1: 4 2 Minnesota takes it, so it is a $200 donation to 630 Ted Santos Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling that with 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. All right, we also have Preston calling in tonight. Preston, go ahead, please.
7: Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, uh, Reed, long time shout out. I remember you used to do uh, sports on uh, CKFA and follow the uh, Bobcats Blazers.
1: I did, yeah. I used to work in Lloyd Minster, absolutely. That's hey, go Bob Guts. Yeah. yeah. Hey,
7: I uh, just, just watched it. and I hope, I hope that this one doesn't get hung on Pickard again because I feel like he's been really solid. And it's like the big health in the room. Um, it's pending again. And Boston, right? You watch that game. Yeah, the we fought back. But there's three, four that, you know, we, we don't need to go in the net. And. Uh, I, how do you guys feel? how do we address this? Skinner's doing good, good. Is he getting tired and they play him too much again and he gets off? Um there's size the Skinner closes the board and he looks great like he did it on the on the run north sixteen. What where do you guys feel about this uh, sorry Preston, just,
1: uh, just it's just it's just a little uh the connection's not great. Are you saying that this this one shouldn't be on Pickard or it should be?
7: No, no. I said it should not. Should not. Oh, be no, I, I agree. I thought figure yeah. has been very solid. Um, I, I just want to address the, the, the elephant in the room, and and, and we, even with Skinner, like do, do, do we really feel like we can win a cup with Skinner, even when he's is he hot? When he's hot, he's sixteen and zero. But to me, the Boston game, there was four or five there that probably were questionable, um, and I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Okay, I, yeah, I, I still think I don't I know about four
1: and five
2: against the prob- probably a couple two a or three ball. against
1: Boston. I I th- and I don't, I think we have discussed it. I, I mean, the, first of all, the the question, the the question, can the Oilers win a Stanley Cup with Skinner? Well. It's really his second year in the NHL. So I'm hesitant to write a player off as saying, well, they'll never win a Stanley Cup if this guy's on the team. The, the, his, The large majority <laughs> of his career is head of, ahead of him. And I know I say this all the time, but it's true. If you would have asked me a year ago, could the Vegas Golden Knights win a, a Stanley Cup with Aiden Hill, I literally would have laughed you out of the room.
2: I would have asked, where is Aiden Hill playing? So,
1: now, having said that, the questions about Skinner, fatigue, who supports him are all relative. I, quite frankly, would play Pickard on Monday, regardless of what happens.
2: All, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I, yeah. I'd, give
1: Pickard an, well, I'd give Pickard another game on this homestand. And okay. then you're back-to-back next Saturday and Sunday.
2: I would have given Pickard the game in Arizona. Well, I would have gone Dallas-Arizona, and that would have given five days for Skinner before Boston. I think, right now, I do believe you start taking notice of the starts and deciding from the starts who gets the next game. And if, I mean, Skinner if Skinner has an off start against the Calgary Flames, then go to Pickard. If Skinner plays well against the Calgary Flames, then you come back with Skinner. But I do believe you have to start paying much more attention, and it's not here's our starters games, here's our backup games. Because right now Skinner is not as focused and locked in since the all-star break as he was beforehand and they need him focused and they need him rested and they need him fresh Mm -hmm. and they need him playing well and this is a really tough stretch of games with it comes to the amount of games and the teams that they're playing but i i still i do believe you start watching how the 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 goalies are playing and then that'll help decide who's going to play the next game i
1: I think it's an interesting discussion uh i think that and we talked about this after the last game, and we had a really good caller from the Washington, D.C. area talking about Charlie Lindgren. I just think if the Oilers do trade for a goalie, he probably will not be obviously better than Skinner.
2: No, I don't think there's any chance they'll trade for one better. Right.
1: Or, or obviously better. Capable of playing better at times, sure. And I think, you know, again, going, going into the playoffs, there are some teams that have really good goalies like Hellebuck, uh, mm-hmm. like Dempco. Actually, you know what Ot- and I, I I talked to Brent Severn about too, like Ottinger's year as this individual year is not as great as others. So, I don't know, I just look at almost any team in the playoffs and you could find something negative about their goaltending. Or a question mark about their goaltending. And I just think also, goaltending, it's such a voodoo position. I mean... Bobrovsky was, well, Lyon took his job. Got Florida into the playoffs. Well, oh, And then Lyon gets replaced, and then Bobrovsky's a good goalie again in the play. I'm just saying it can change so drastically. Well, now, I know we have to guard against some fatigue and things like that with Skinner, but, again, I'm just hesitant to write a guy off on February 23rd, 2024, that he'll never have the energy or the ability to win us the well,
2: Cup. It, when you say, can you win, win the Stanley Cup with him, he's only actually had one kick at the can so far. He's only played a, in the playoffs once. I had every great goaltender in the National Hockey League, uh, very uh, Waugh won in his first one, Ken Dryden maybe won in his first one. I mean, other than that, I mean, it was multiple times before they found the, the promised land. So, you uh, w- know what we will see? We will see in April and May and, and hopefully June, what Skinner's capable of doing hopefully on a long playoff run but uh, but
1: I agree they got to manage him and watch his well, starts and, and how he's doing yeah
2: and yeah, I, I think that the next few starts are important too to see before the trade deadline is st- he starts trending in the right direction again he has had a couple off starts the last few and I think they want to make sure that he's going in the right direction and I mean Pickard thought uh, do you need more help in the goaltending situation I thought nine games ago I thought zero chance but now there's maybe a little teeny seed of well do they need a little bit of an upgrade I don't know
1: all right Minnesota beating the Oilers 4 two if you're on hold we will get to you and you'll also hear from Matthias Ekholm this is Heartland Ford overtime open live Oilers
0: Hockey is brought to you by the butcher shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance.
1: The final of Rogers place tonight, Minnesota Wild 4. Edmonton Oilers 2. So the Oilers are now 33, 19, and 2 on the season. They remain two points behind. The Vegas Golden Knights for second place in the Pacific Division. They do have games in hand, but they could have uh, tied them tonight with those games in hand. And uh, L.A. in a wild card spot right now. They are two points behind the Edmonton Oilers. Vancouver in control of the division. They have, uh, Even though they've lost four in a row they have a ten point lead on the Golden Knights.
2: Well and the Golden Knights right now missing both Eichel and Stone. Out, both out long term. The two best forwards. The LA Kings are hurt. Mikey Anderson got hurt. Arvidsson's hurt again. And the Canucks right now are just reeling with a few losses. Uh, the the division and the conference is open for whichever team wants to put together a, a bit of a stretch. The Oilers have a bunch of games in hand. They're capable of doing that.
1: We got Josh on the line as well. Josh, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for having
7: me on. Appreciate all of your words of wisdom. Uh, I have a question. Um, keep hearing this term Oilers getting goal- goalied. You know, it, it's come up a, a few times this season. I'm just curious if there, if you guys know of any like stat out there for the NHL, other teams, like do other teams get goalied as much? As us is, is our team finishing stat low? Like, do we need more finishers? I'm just curious if
2: you guys have
1: seen that stat. I don't know what the stat would be. Well, it wouldn't
2: it be the expected goals, is not that what that is?
1: You'd have to look at expected goals and
2: there, there is, there are stats that. that, Yeah, there are stats out there. I think it's called expected goals. Um, There are teams. Yeah, they get goalied. We, we just use the word goalied because it's. It's easier and, than and the sell Oilers the staff. have
1: been a team, quite frankly, even when they went 2-9-1, they had two or three games in there where they had a huge shot advantage.
2: Yep. So, but, but they're also a team that's near the top in goals four. True. In the National <laughs> Hockey League. So they, they get goalie, but they also score a lot of goals. When you say they get goalie, it just means the other goaltender played really, really well.
1: Yeah. and Sometimes we're using that to simplify maybe yeah. more... You know, and then we dive into more of the specifics. I, I actually used... didn't think Gustafson was like spectacular tonight. He was solid, and let's face it, the orders had a few dribble through the crease. Or
2: nope, I thought know, he just... played good. I. He looked calm. I thought he had a good hockey game. And you say, we? I use goalie just because I don't know any other words, and it's just a simple word that I've heard before, but whenever you say goalie, it means you out, you outshot the other team and outchance the other team. Usually but by, good a fight. Fair margin, by a fair amount. By a fair amount, you didn't win the game. Uh, this was a game that, again, if this game is played 10 times the exact same way, the exact same number of grade A scoring chances, the Oilers win 70% of those games. But... What you, you see is sometimes a team with a great goaltender and a great goaltending performance and uh, a couple guys that can put the puck in the... The, the Winnipeg... Excuse me, the Winnipeg. The Minnesota Wilds' first line was the best line in this hockey game. Yeah. They were outstanding. So they had, they had the better goalie and the best first line, and because of that, they found a way to win.
1: Yeah, I would suggest... I'm not going to start giving numbers tonight because it's quarter to 11 on a Friday night, <laughs> but... I'm sure a lot of fans, if you don't, go to something like Natural Stat Trick. That's a good site. There's other sites that you might have to pay a little bit for, but there's even sites that'll give you, I know it's big in baseball, they'll have, well, this team won 92 games, but really they should have won 96 if you look at the run differential. So that might be something to look into if people are interested in that. We have Aiden on the line as well. Hi, Aiden, go ahead.
4: Hey guys, uh, I just want just want you guys to put your shoes in Chris Knobloch's head for, or put your
2: mind <laughs> in Chris Knobloch's head. I don't. I'm not putting my shoes anywhere near Chris Knobloch's head.
1: This is this is starting off really well. So, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. But uh, it's okay, no, no, think, it's uh, okay. I was wondering what the justification for having Corey Perry on the fourth line is. If you're Chris Knobloch, not as your guys' opinion, but what is the reasoning? I understand the penalty kill is going to take away a lot of minutes, but it just seemed like he's been playing real well and
7: he could have been much a much bigger factor in a game tonight where, like, as you guys said, a smaller team that you could maybe push around a bit more. Uh, yeah, so. I think,
1: I'll All right. just quickly say, Rob, I think, and we saw him do it, they were going to cycle McDavid and Dreisaitl in place of Ryan, so then Perry and Holloway are getting shifts with McDavid and Dreisaitl as their center. Yeah. Do I, do I, it was almost like they were playing eleven and a half forwards. Which,
2: if I'm Derek Ryan, I'm not that excited no. about. I'd uh, sooner just have Perry on one of the other lines. So do I. And
1: then maybe if you need to scale him back, then you can give Holloway shifts there.
2: I, I, was, I was surprised when I came to the rank and saw the lines. Uh, after the way that Perry played last game, I thought he was excellent. Uh, and a big reason that the Oilers turned the game around against the Bruins was his gamesmanship. So, yeah, I was surprised that the, the way uh, the lines were set up. I'm I'm not a big fan of dressing 12 forwards and having one guy. I mean, Ryan, you're just going to be a penalty killer, and you're going to get a couple of face-offs. Um, but Chris Knobluck, most of the stuff he's done thus far, obviously with the record they have at 30 10, and one has been very good. But yeah, I was I was surprised too that Perry was on the fourth line.
1: Yeah, because he's, he's played well. And even today, actually he had a good chance.
2: They had a couple that might of good have been
1: chances. been one of the better chances in the first period when he tried to walk out and stuff it.
2: How about the I play? Think that was in the first. The one where he had in the third period where he was behind the net and he just kept curl pull-dragging it all the well, way around, all the way around, all the way around. It was like... It's okay. It's like I can see him. Like you guys are just like just go to him. Go to him, and no one went to him.
1: Well, that's the thing. You don't lose the hands, right? No, or the
2: or or the uh, or the brain intelligence. He's got he's got hockey IQ. He's got high 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 hockey IQ. He does not skate near as quick as he used to. But when you get him into a half zone offense, when you get him down below the the bottom of the circles, when you don't need speed, you just need brains, size, and hands. He's got all those in spades. Uh, He's been excellent since since he's come to the Edmonton Oilers, and probably. Uh, I would have seen him get it, should have getting more than nine nine minutes tonight in this hockey game.
1: Yeah, to me, he's got to be about a 15-minute guy. Nope. I mean, he's, he's not, he, well, he might be on the second power play, which often doesn't play. <laughs> and yeah, if you need to give him a shift off, then, then I'd sooner have him get spelled off by somebody else as
2: opposed to being on the fourth line and maybe they get skipped over or, you know. I, I understand the reasoning of, hey, we're going to throw Connor or Leon down with the Holloway and Perry but the problem with when you get into that situation is a penalty happen or there's a TV timeout we know after most TV timeouts Connor or Leon come out with their own lines usually with time entertainer so or, yeah. so you might have a plan in place but things change in the hockey game and then you get lost in the shuffle and I think that happened at night tonight for three or four of the fours there's four or other forwards that were under 10 minutes in this hockey game
1: Oilers with the loss tonight, 4-2 to the Wild, now 17-7-2 at home. We'll get to the Matias Ekholm postgame in a couple of minutes. This is Heartland Ford Overtime
0: Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad.
1: All right, Boldy in the first period, seidel in the second period on a power play, then Brodeen and Boldy in the third. Hyman on the power play gave the Oilers life with 5.09 to go, but Zuccarello with an empty netter with a minute 27 left, so Minnesota beating Edmonton 4-2. We continue to watch Connor Brown, three shots on goal in 10 minutes and 31 seconds. A hard one-timer oh. in the second period, and that that tip in the third... You know, sometimes those squeak in, right? And for him, they're just not going through.
2: Uh, a confident player that's uh, the confident offensively stops that on his back end and then fires it on his forehand. Um, but uh, the, the one-timer, he got all of that, and he deserved a better fate on that one. That was a great save. Actually, that was a great positional save. As Gustafson just put himself in the right spot. He, I, I've never seen, I've played with guys that don't score. And they don't score because they don't get chances. He's getting grade A looks. Uh, Those two that you just talked about, those are grade A. And he just has not found the back of the net. I hope that the Oilers in the near future get a lead. The other team pulls their goalie and they get Connor Brown on the ice. Because they need him to feel good about himself. They need Connor Brown to see the puck go off his stick into a net whether it's an open net or not they just need to see that and if they do hopefully that'll turn around his offensive production
1: he's up to 79 shots on goal with no goals just for comparison Corey perry for his season split between edmonton and chicago has seven goals on 43 shots ryan What's McLeod gone got? has uh, ryan McLeod has nine goals on 71 shots gagne has five goals on 44
2: shots yeah so and these and these aren't just uh, floaters from the outside a lot of these have been he's, great he's had and decent chances
1: yeah. yeah all right oilers lose 4-2 here's defenseman matthias echo of adam in the third matthias did you sort
6: of feel like just maybe a couple of tough mistakes and then they capitalize yeah, I, I thought I, – I obviously didn't think we played our best game in the first. I thought we were a bit flat, but – from that first period on, I thought we uh, we were dominating the game. I thought we were a lot better in the second. We came out, we had some big kills, and, and they got on the offense, and we're all over them. And, um, I thought we built that game into the third, and I thought we had a bunch of chances in the third, too. We had the puck a lot. Um, obviously, there was this, these odd mistakes or these odd um, rushes that they had that they capitalized on, and that's on us to, to be better.
0: Where did it come out on?
6: You you mentioned the word capitalized. Do you guys need to do a better job of capitalizing on your chances? Uh, Both yes and no. And and I think... um look back at that streak that we had going it was it was more about not letting them score more than maybe us scoring and then we got the timely goals and, and tonight that was was on the other side of that so um that's something that we'll we'll look at and take to us and be better at because obviously there's two sides of that coin but um at the end of the day i thought we we played good enough to win but we didn't play um the best game we've played so far so i think we we can we can definitely be better and especially as i said in the first
0: What's your take
4: on uh, I mean I know it's a dog days and playing a lot of games and you're not gonna be great every night. But this team has hasn't played a lot of sixty minute games in the last while. There's a lot of forty minute hockey games here. And this was another one tight. How hey, try to shake out of that for at
6: least one game in a row? Yeah, it's it's what you're saying. I mean, I think we have, I know we have four games in six nights, and and it just they just seem to come um, a lot more often uh, than they did maybe in, in January or December. But um, I mean, it is what it is. It's the same for everybody. You, you got to try to um, get yourself geared up and and be able to play 60 minutes. That's what this game requires, and and we didn't tonight, and that's honest.
1: Okay, that is Matthias Ekholm, defenseman for your. Edmonton Oilers who uh, cannot get it done tonight against the Minnesota Wild who win it 4-2. Thanks to Brendan Escott for getting us the audio from the Oilers dressing room tonight and also working on the story on 630 chetcom Global News. Our next game broadcast, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, it's tomorrow, 6.30 face-off show, game at 8, as the Oilers host the Calgary Flames. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day producer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chad, for their work this evening, we've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6.30
0: Chad is your voice of the Edmonton Oilers. Every game, every goal. Experience it all with the dynamic team of Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, Bob Stoffer, Reed Wilkins, and Rob Brown. For the best Oilers coverage, it's only 6.30 Chad.